0: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, and our mighty ship is back on
1: course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You roll! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. This is going to be a special episode of the show, so we definitely are glad that you are bored for that. And we want to be a part of your podcast menu, so we want to tell you a little bit about what we do here and how you can become interactive and i also want to remind the folks who listen to every episode hey engage us and get involved and the first way you can do that is by giving us a call on the sports line 832-941-6614 that's 832-941-6614 you can call and leave a message with a request, a comment, a rebuttal. If you have a take on our takes, you can leave that. If you have a request for a team you want us to talk about or a sport or an event, you can chime in on that. Whatever your take is, whatever your question is, hit us up and we will respond. And you might just end up on the next episode of the podcast. So you can do that anytime you want, 24 hours a day. Also, you can go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Facebook group and they are post there every day you can chime in if you want us to get information on your favorite team if you want to vote on poll questions that we post from time to time if you want to uh, share some information or comment on posts that other folks have put up you can definitely do that the sports talk with Devin wade group on facebook and you can like the fan page and finally you can hit me up on twitter at wades word w-a-d-e-s W-O-R-D. So if you go back and listen to past episodes, we do a lot of fun stuff. I have a collection of former athletes and writers and media types that chime in when we want to get their takes on different things. We rotate them in and out. And, of course, you'll get to know them if you go back and listen to past episodes or continue to listen. We call that our special teams unit. So we have some wonderful folks that we frequently hear from that you won't hear from this episode we also do a number of features including headlines a lamont award for the big dummy in addition to that we do balling a fallen hero a zero he got game Numerous features that we sprinkle in throughout, so you never know which episode you're going to hear some of those fun segments, but we encourage you to do that. We are on every platform, so whether it's Amazon Audible or Apple Podcast or Spotify, iHeartMedia, you name it, we are on those platforms, so you can check us out on those and go back and listen to past episodes. So normally here we would do a segment where we review a few of the headlines week in and week because we talk about anything and everything not just swag sports or hbcu sports if it happens in sports we talk about it and we have uh, fun and interesting takes we hope and we also will inform you of some things along the way so normally we would do that but instead i'm going to take a brief time out when we come back we are going to have that conversation with swag commissioner dr charles mcclellan all of that and maybe a little bit more this is the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast anyway
2: Using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950.
1: That's 832 757 7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. DJ. Welcome back. Did I mention my resident DJ? That's my resident DJ on the mix, DJ Anarchy. But we also play music from fledgling artist for musicians who want their music heard, DJs, up-and-coming DJs. So if you are interested in having your music played, just email us, music at Productions.com. That's music at Productions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We prefer it to be radio edit. But nonetheless, hey, want to get you involved in that way as well. But shout out to DJ Anarchy. And if you have a nominee for the Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode. Feel free to hit us up and let us know that on the sports line or on the fan page or the group page on Facebook. And of course you can email me, DevinWaysword Productions.com as well. So uh, about to get into this interview with Dr. Charles McClellan. Let me give you a little bit of the backstory. The interview actually comes from a episode of KTSU Sports Talk. That's the show that I host in Houston Saturday morning on KTSU 90.9 with the Radio Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen. Had a chance uh, to talk to Dr. McClendon. Of course, been knowing him for years because he was the athletic director, first at Review and then at Texas Southern University and always has been available for us and has uh, been gracious with his time and his insight into what's going on in the conference. Now, SWAC Media Day was last week and while we didn't actually get a chance to go to Birmingham, to be a part of uh, swag media day there was a zoom portion available for media from around the country who couldn't make it in for whatever reasons you have varying sized media outlets some have availability to send folks and others don't and we were not able to get there this time but the zoom portion allowed us to at least converse, and ask questions of the coaches. They made all 12 coaches available. It was great. want to thank Andrew Roberts from the SWAG offices for that. And also uh, Santoria Black, who hosted that, really well done, really effective and it really gave us some insight that I would not have otherwise gotten or had the availability to ask certain questions and other media members as well. So have to send a big shout out to the executive producer of this episode, Larry the chatterbox hell. And uh, he made this possible, but uh, you know, the swag is growing exponentially. It's an exciting time for the conference. I'm excited, and I know you guys are as well. And a lot of things are headed in the right direction. But like anything else, you have a lot of questions about the future of the conference and sort of a review of what happened over the last 12 months. And those are some of the things that we cover in this interview. Also, Dr. McClellan has made history, and we talk about that in the interview, as he will become the first representative from a historically black college university league to chair the Division I Men's Basketball Committee next year for the NCAA tournament. So that is absolutely huge. We talk about that and a whole lot more. So without further ado, let's get into the comments conversation we had with Dr. Charles McClellan. Friend of the show, Dr. Charles McClellan. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Good morning to both of you guys. Good morning. Thank you. We are coming off of a historic SWAG Media Day. And before I talk about the folks who were there, I do want to commend Andrew Roberts and the folks uh, uh, at, at the uh, headquarters at the Swag Centuria Black, hosted uh, the Zoom portion. And I thought that that was tremendous in that it added an element that allowed all media platforms who wanted to participate to participate because obviously everybody was not able to come out to Birmingham, but it did give access to those of us who wanted to be there but could not be there. Talk a little bit about how huge SWAC Media Day was for the conference.
2: Well, Andrew always does an outstanding job, and he did an outstanding job with the media day. We had over 250 total media, and the Zoom portion, as you talked about, was dedicated to those individuals that could make it. So we had coaches and administrators and everyone kind of rotating so the people on Zoom could get the same experience as people that were in the uh, arena there at Sheraton. But the largest media data we've had as far as media – Uh, attendance is concerned, very energetic, anticipating a very good football season. So it was a good day for the SWAC.
1: Well, you talk a little bit about uh, all of the excitement around the SWAC. It's even more magnified than past seasons. And what do you attribute all of this excitement to?
2: Well, it's a combination of things that happened over the last two or three years. Obviously, Coach Prime coming in, has given us a boost. Coach Jackson coming in and giving us a boost. You have Bubba McDowell, a former Houston all of great taking over at Furry Obviously, Eric Dooley, as you just talked about, uh, coming over to Southern and Southern being rejuvenated. Eddie Robinson, another all of great at um, Alabama State. Uh, Travis Hunter, the number one recruit. And just All of the media exposure that we've been able to garner over the last couple of years and just the overall level of competitiveness of our football teams and what SWAC brands stand for and what the SWAC brand is all about. So it all kind of came together and people have taken notice. We want to continue to keep that momentum going forward, looking for a highly competitive season. If we continue to do the things that we've done over the last couple of years, we're going to even get better as far as
1: people wanting to know about the swag. Well, I want to have some more swag questions, but I also want to congratulate you. And again, the the, the accolades and the achievements keep coming, and it's just a, a tribute to you and how you've managed your career and who you are as a, as a person. You have been named uh, the chair of the NCAA, the first uh, to be the chair of the NCAA men's basketball committee. That is absolutely huge as the first time a HBCU conference commissioner has uh, held that position. Congratulations. And talk a little bit about what that entails and how exciting that is, not only uh, for yourself, but for uh, HBCUs all over the country.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, shout out to Furby University for giving me an opportunity. Uh, The late, great Dr. Charles A. Hines saw something in me, promoted me to become athletic director, when I wasn't even qualified there. He saw something in me and helped develop it. Shout out to Texas Southern University for getting me, polishing me up to be able to get this opportunity. Dr. John Rudley, my guy you know, gave me opportunities that I really didn't deserve. So I wanted to say thank you to both institutions and both of those leaders for believing in me. But the Division One Men's Basketball Committee, as you know, is responsible for the selection of the 68 teams. We're responsible for the overall enterprise of the NCAA tournament. So definitely a great honor, uh, a huge honor Chris, Reynolds, the athletic director at Bradley, another African-American gentleman, will be chair this year. The first time, too, in history that two African-Americans will serve as chair and vice chair. So uh, a lot of weight that's going to be put up on our shoulders because you're talking about 97% or so of the revenue that goes to the NCAA is generated from this basketball tournament. So it's a, it's a big deal. And I look forward to the
0: challenge. And, and let me ask this, uh, Dr. McCullen. Uh, the NCAA Final Four is here in Houston. The HBCU yeah. All-Star Game is here. You, you have to be elated that this happened right at this time in your life. This is ha- about to happen. Well, you
2: know, I'm looking forward. You know, I'm looking forward to coming back to Houston. Uh, if it was going to happen, it was a great time. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it kind of happened in uh, a 360-degree Clashing back, uh, and I think that was 2018, I actually was on the local organizing committee with Janice, with the Sports Authority, right? Uh, Doug Hall, myself, Mayor Turner, and a host of uh, individuals from Houston. Went up to Boston, and we did a presentation to the NCAA to solicit for the Final Four to be in Houston in 2022-23 season. And we were able to get it, and maybe about three months later, I was named commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So to be able to be on the start process of soliciting for a Final Four, and then to be able to be on the back end of uh, coming as the vice chair, being on the committee, coming to my home city, you know, is going to be special for me.
1: When you talk a little bit about that position, what does that entail? What what sort of things are involved uh, with that being the chair of that uh, of essentially the NCAA tournament? Honestly,
2: Devin, everything from A to Z. Uh, the committee chair runs the meetings. Everything that is associated with the Division One basketball tournament comes through that committee. Site selection, seating of the team. Uh, we are over the, the net, which is the evaluation tool, which is only one evaluation tool the many, but it's the NCAA evaluation tool. We're over uh, the officiating. Uh, we actually run the individual site leading up to the Final Four. We meet with the media partners, talking about the media aspect of it with TNT and CBS. Uh, but, but again, the simplest way that I could put it Everything that is involved with that basketball tournament, it runs through the Division One men's basketball committee. So from start to finish, A to Z, everything is run through the basketball committee.
1: So over the last couple of years, you've been a part of the selection committee. What have you learned about the process? What have you learned about all of it being in that room, which is uh, extremely exclusive? What have you learned by being in, involved with the selection committee?
2: I've learned how to conduct business at a very high level, Devin. Uh, everything that's dealt with at that level is, uh, is big time. So, you know, you get exposed to certain things, and you hopefully are able to take something from it. But I can tell you there's nothing that goes on in that room that's taken for granted, that's taken lightly. Uh, there are some big time people that you have to interact with, and it teaches you how, one, uh, to conduct business at a high level, but it also has taught me to remain humble. You can get a lot done being humble, understanding what your role is, and listening. And I think those are keys that I've learned throughout my career, but it was solidified on being on the basketball committee. So uh, business is conducted at a high level, and if I had to just narrow it down to one thing, it would be that aspect of it. And
0: and, and Dr. McConnell, I understand that You were not appointed. You were elected by the people in that in that room. Could you talk about that? How does it feel to be elected to a position like that? Not appointed, but elected.
2: You know, overwhelming, Ralph. When I was told that I was selected chair, we had about another hour and a half left in the meeting, and I don't think I heard anything (laughs) for an hour and a half because you know it it just kind of stunned me. So you started thinking about the tremendous honor, and then you start thinking about the tremendous burden of, you know, this tournament and all that it is entailing uh, for you Going to be responsible of. I, I, can, I can say this, the most proud that I have been was the realization that not only was something that was of Charles McClellan, it was of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We've been able to elevate our brand. We've been able to elevate ourselves to kind of break through that glass ceiling, jump over that brick wall or break through that big wall. You know, just don't have to become the chair of the division one committees, but I think it gave a lot of credibility to the Southwestern Athletic Conference, what we're doing, what we stand for. And I'm gonna carry that badge of honor in everything that I do. And I'll try not to embarrass myself. I try not to embarrass the Southwestern Athletic Conference, but I can tell you the eyes of the basketball community and the eyes of the sport community is on the Southwestern Athletic Conference
0: now. And, Dr. McCullen, I, I I know you're a, a strong family guy. What did uh, your father still live? Did, did you tell your father about this before you told anybody else? He was the second person that I told. <laughs> uh, my wife was
2: the first. I actually texted her. Uh, when we were in the committee room, and she sent me a a lot of happy dancing emojis. But I don't think I've quite seen my father as happy uh, as I have when I told him that I was elected chair again. You know, as I sat in elementary school and junior high school and, you know, as I had to take trigonometry three times, Devin, over and over and over at Purdue University, I never really thought that I would be able to be chair of the Division One Basketball Committee. So, you know, a lot that I do is not necessarily for myself. It's really to make the people that have helped lift me up proud. You know, the Earl Jimson of the world, you know, those are the type of people that I have surrounded myself with, and those are the type of people that I try to make proud. And it does good to see my family, my sons, painted in action. They graduated from Texas to play basketball, won championships, to, to say, Daddy, I'm proud of you. To me, that's worth more than anything in the world.
1: Well, one of the first things I thought about, and you can verify this or not, but when I saw that you were named the, the chairperson, I thought, okay, this is gonna be the first time T S U was a number one seed in the tournament. So, can we get that number one seed now? Can, after we win the Swag Tournament. Well, I'm gonna I'm tell you, uh, David, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna I'm shift to the
2: basketball committee side of it, right? You're right. I've seen articles about the 16th seed, and I've seen the articles about the, uh, the first four, and I want to send a shout out to uh, President Crumpton Young because she approached the Black uh, Council of Presidents to say, hey, well, Texas Southern has won the first four two years in a row, and we know that there's an extra unit that's associated with that win, and we want our fair share. So it ran through the division, uh, excuse me, the Adelaide Director Council and the uh, President's Council, and for the next six years, Texas Southern is going to receive about $306,000 a year for those Two wins over two million dollars that they're going to receive. So it's important to be able to get in the tournament and win games. In my personal opinion, you would much rather be in the play in game or what we affectionately call it as the first four because it's considered a round, win that game and get an opportunity to go play that number one seed than just being a 16 seed which has never won a first-round game. I think there's only been seven or eight, 15 seed that have won a game. So if you're not in that 12, 13, 14 seed, the odds of you having success in the tournament is very, very low. So I'm a proponent that if we're going to be a 16th seed or 15th seed, I would much rather have that first four because we can win that game. We're playing on the first day, which means that there is the only game that being watched. And for the last two years, that game has set a record on attendance. You get an opportunity to win. You get an opportunity to bring revenue back to the conference and your member institution. And then you still get the same opportunity if you're going to be a 15 or 16 seed. In order to give a 12 or 13 seed, you're going to have to play a competitive schedule. You're going to have to win some of those games. And let's talk a little bit about the net. I don't want to get too technical. But everybody starts at zero. The net basically measures efficiency, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, who you play, where you play them, and whether or not you want that game or not. So we can't start off by playing Gonzaga getting beat by 40 points. We need to play teams in that 100 net range, 150 net range, win those games, whether it's at home and on the road, and then we start with a high net. And then when we play each other, that net kind of stays balanced and kind of stays average out. That's how you get that 12 or 13th seed. Not playing NAIAs, not playing Division IIs, and not getting beat by 30 and 40 before you win a game, 12 or 13 games down the road.
1: And you took this, uh, the, the, the first four, and you always have looked at it as an opportunity where others looked at it as a slight. And I think the natural inclination is to look at it as a slight. But then when you – Reexamine it and look at it from your perspective it is a, a huge opportunity and it's been greatly beneficial because it has given us the opportunity to celebrate victories in the tournament and so i, I just think that that has been a, a huge a huge boost for the swag and for, for texas southern although seemingly at the surface it's not the most exciting thing, um, but once you get that exposure, you see how it's beneficial. I want to go back to, let's get back on uh, the, the entire SWAC year. Well, How do you sum up this last year uh, since last August to, uh, to now as a, a year for the entire conference?
2: Unprecedented, uh, Devin. Uh, we were able to go from a $2 million deficit to clearing that deficit, having a robust reserve. As you know, we talked about this two years ago. We put a note down on a 16,000 square feet building in Birmingham. We paid that building off this year. We actually owned the SWAG headquarters in two years. And we were able to distribute the most ever to our member institution. Uh, We had a record in attendance. We set a SWAG record in attendance for football. We had the most games that we've ever had on linear television. We've had the most games we've ever had on a digital platform. Our basketball teams overall had the best net that we've had since net and has been out. And we had a host of student-athletes to be drafted. There were two, two drafted in the NFL draft, 23 undrafted free agents. You talked about the two baseball players that got drafted. So there's a lot of positive momentum in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And we extreme, experienced a lot of firsts this year but it sets us up for even a better year this
1: upcoming year. Talk a little bit about the television deal and the exposure and and I just sort of perused it and it it seems like Texas Southern is on a lot on the ESPN platform but talk a little bit about the the television deal and how much exposure the SWAC will get this season in football.
2: Well if you win Devin you get more television exposure. (laughs) Texas Southern did some winning last year and they're very very exciting and you know, by the way, as a commissioner, I get opportunity to kind of pick and choose the game. Last year, I went to Miami to see Jackson State and Florida A&M because that was going to be the game of the week. This year, I'm coming to the Labor Day Classic, Texas Southern and Prairie View, because that is now the game of the week. So there's a lot of interest in that game, and we want to do more exposing. We said if you win, you get, you get shown. Mississippi Valley State, they're going to be featured more because they've actually started to win games you know, ESPN has been a great partner of ours. They've been able to work with us to be able to kind of open up some of those categories. We haven't signed the final contract yet with HBCU Go. That's the Byron Allen, uh Network. But that is going to send us into the stratosphere. I want to highlight that. That deal is going to put SWAC in a position that we've never, ever been able to dream that we were going to be in from an exposure standpoint and even from a revenue standpoint to be able to generate and get that money back to the school. So when you're at a deal at that magnitude, there's a lot of lawyers involved. It takes time, but once that deal is signed, and we're hopefully it'll be signed soon, there are going to be additional games that are going to be added on top of the uh, 40 or so that we've announced. Our goal is to get all of our games on. And this Byron Allen deal, HBCU Go, is not just going to be football. It's going to be baseball. It's going to be track. It's going to be soccer. It's going to be all 18 of our sports. And the unique thing about his network is that it's not going to be a paywall. You'll be able to log into HBCU Go free of charge, and you'll be able to see all swag, all everything. So it's going to give us the exposure that we're looking for, and it's also going to put us in a revenue position to where we're going to do a lot of great things for our member institution.
1: Well, uh, a lot of changes are happening on every level of college athletics with NIL, and and I'll ask you a little bit about that. But uh, also, a conference expansion. When you look uh, to what's happening with the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, now I, I've heard your comments about not expanding just for the sake of expanding. But are there teams that could conceivably join the conference that could give you a better television deal? Because at the end of the day, the moves were made. Uh, even at the highest levels about it was really more about positioning themselves to get a better television deal. Are there any additional teams that could be added uh, that could give the SWAC a better television deal?
2: Well, there's always added value in the marketplace. The the key is to have those institutions in the proper position to be able to transition and also – in the proper position to be able to bring that added value. So short answer to your question is yes. Uh, But as you stated, we want to do uh, expansion strategically. We've added Bethune, Cookman, and BAMU, and it has actually opened up the door in order for us to be able to do the negotiations that we've had now. It's opened up the door for us to be the hottest league, not just the hottest SCS league, but one of the hottest leagues that are out there. When you looked at our viewership numbers on uh, ESPN and ESPN Plus, uh, we did a lot of numbers. And and I'll tell this to your audience because I know they're a very intelligent audience. When you go on ESPN Plus and you start seeing local commercials or regional (laughs) commercials, that's when you know those games that are on that channel are extremely valuable. When ESPN starts selling in these local markets, then you know that your uh, product is valuable. And we know our products are valuable because we're getting a lot of local markets uh, added. So when you add those teams, when you add that value, then you know your work. And I said it on this show, actually, we know what the worth is. Uh, we've gone out, we've had uh, entities to do valuation. So we know what our branding and marketing rights are worth. And we're holding our media partners to that standard and our schools are going to be the beneficiary of that.
1: Have you been fielding those, those calls? Have you, I mean, I would imagine so. I mean, I know you can't say a whole lot about that, but have teams uh, been reaching out about being members of the SWAC? Raph,
2: you see Devin is an expert now. He asked
1: the question, activity, and then he
2: brought it
0: right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to commend him afterwards. So he, 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 he slipped that one in on you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And then you said, go ahead and answer the
2: question. I'm going it again. Right? <laughs> yeah the the phone lines are are open. Yes, we've had schools to contact us. Absolutely, okay. no question, unequivocally, uh, and we will continue to listen to everything that is out there. Uh, but we will expand strategically. We have a sustainability committee that was established by a Council of Presidents. We talk about sustainability. Not just teams coming in, but keeping the teams that we have in the conference happy, making sure that they have what they need. I saw this Sports Illustrated article about the super conference and we needed to add 20 teams. (laughs) That's not what the definition of a super conference is. The definition of of a super conference is having every major brand within that region a part of your conference, and that's what the SWAC is, that's what the NCC is, that's what the Big Ten is. So, do we expand some on down the line? Possibly, but I can promise you, uh, and I said this at media day. We're not going to be like the, the national anthem. We're not going to expand from speed to shining sea. <laughs> that experiment has been tried, and it's failed time and time again. We're going to bring in people that fit our mold academically and competitively that can bring value, add value, and not stretch out our resources. It, it is not going to be fair to send Texas Southern and Prairie View to Delaware to play a tennis match. We're not going to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. You, but, uh, Doc, Dr. McCullen... You- at the uh, Swag press conference, Media Day, uh, you took time to talk about the value of education. Uh, in these times of big dollars, imaging deals, etc. People are some people are getting away from what the institutions are about. Could you share what, some of what you said at the Media Day?
2: Yeah, well, that's who we are. You know, we were all uh, established to serve the historically underserved,
0: and that is our
2: mission, and that is what athletics is set up to do is to be able to bring that window in which we can educate students, not just student athletes, then the the basis of that conversation, Ralph, was talking about name, image, and likeness. And ultimately what my point was, name, image, and likeness now opens up the corridor for a student athlete like a Travis Hunter to be able to come to an HBCU make the same amount of resources that he would be able to make at a Texas or a Texas A&M. He is a really, really big fish in a smaller, I call it a smaller lake now. We started with a smaller pond, now has extended to a lake. We're not the ocean like the SEC in the Big Ten, but he can get the same amount of money at Jackson State as he can at Texas A&M or University of Texas but he's going to be able to get that hands-on, that family-oriented experience to ensure that he's going to be able to matriculate and graduate and have those opportunities to want to either go pro or be able to get his education versus just being in a, a corporate environment where they're just bringing you in just to play football. And unless you come in with the mentality, I want to graduate you're not going to graduate. When you look at our uh, graduation rates within the HBCUs, it is at the highest level ever. And even when you look at the NCAA graduation rate, it's at that 80-something percent. But when you look at minorities at the majority institutions, those rates go down very sharply. The level of graduation rates for African-American males at HBCUs is twice the rate and it is that majority institution. So if you want to play football a basketball or baseball, get a quality experience, be able to participate in name, image, and likeness, play for a championship, play for a bowl game on ABC and go pro. And by the way, if you choose to graduate and become pro in something else, the HBCUs are the place to go.
1: I want to go back to, uh, some, you talk about the conference movement and you said something about making sure that our member institutions have the things that they need. Sort of uh, hearing, chirping about Jackson State, maybe wanting to be a, a FBS school or maybe wanting to elevate the entire conference to FBS. Uh, what, what's your take on all of that?
2: Well, it's my responsibility as a commissioner to ensure that our schools have what they need in order to be successful and have what they need to be able to want to stay and sustain themselves within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And that's ultimately what we've been concentrating on. Uh, as we continue to grow at the SWAC, our schools are going to be more valuable to others. We've had other conferences to reach out. I I was looking at the uh, Southland Conference Media Day, where Chris Grant was asked a question by somebody in in Baton Rouge. Well, what about uh, HBCUs? What about Southern Grambling? He was like, "Yeah, we're interested. Well, they're more interested. They've called, you know, they've called numerous, and we blocked them because nobody's going to be able to touch what the Southwestern Athletic Conference is doing. They can't get the exposure, they can't get the branding. they can't get the revenue. Swag is on top of the heat when it comes to FCS, and the trajectory of where we're going, Devin, with these television deals and these corporate partners, and I talked about this. We're in the top three this year as far as FCS budgets. We'll be number one next year, and the revenue projection that we have with the contracts that have been signed or will be signed, hopefully, here shortly, we're going to be uh, uh above or in range of three of the fbs institutions as far as revenue is concerned and revenue in the ncaa is ultimately what drives the whole process so if we can attain that level then swat will be able to compete with those fbs institutions and consequently and we talked about this have the opportunity to move up as a lead. So we have goals and objectives, and my responsibility is to make sure Jackson State is happy. They can get the revenue, and if we achieve that revenue that we're talking about within that seven to ten year plan, we'll be distributing more than the FBS conferences that a Jackson State can go to. So there's no need for them to go. They might as well stick with the swag and, and beat the king. Of uh, uh, FCS football, and then as we move up, uh, try to be the king of FBS football, and that goes the same for the 11 of our institutions.
1: So I know there's no, or maybe there is a way to quantify this. I don't know. How do you quantify the tradition of HBCU football as opposed to saying? I mean, we've seen schools in uh, in the Miag uh, jump ship and leave the HBCUs. We see Tennessee State and Ohio Valley. They're not. Hampton. They, they, yeah, Hampton was another. But I mean, what is the value quanti- If you can quantify this of the tradition of staying together with other HBCUs as a conference?
2: Well, I think the value is the 101-year history of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, uh, Ralph, I I put a lot of money in uh, General Electric several years ago. General Electric is almost bankrupt now. (laughs) You know, one of the biggest corporations ever. Look at what TWAC has done in the 101-year history. We are as strong today as we were in 1920, 1930, 1940. That's tradition. Tradition has an extreme amount of value. So as long as we have core schools with the same tradition and the same academic outlook, we're gonna continue to remain strong. There is no value that you can put on the tradition of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the pageantry, the band, the cheerleaders, the tailgate, the deep side, what these Saturday means, you know, and, and not to talk about what others are doing but there's nothing like black football the fall and uh that you can't put a value to it
1: Want to ask you this, and this is my sort of my musical analogy. It, it seems to outsiders, folks who are not really familiar with uh, with the swag, that the swag is Lionel Richie and the Commodores. In other words, it's Jackson State and the swag. Uh, what do you say to folks who really don't understand how competitive and how hard it's gonna be? for Jackson State to remain, I, I think, the uh, you know to have the kind of success that they had last year as the rest of the conference sort of regroups and, and competes uh, to knock him off of the throne or hit them off of the throne. Talk a little bit about that for folks who are not really familiar with the swag. Well,
2: I think it is typical. Uh, Jackson State is getting a lot of publicity. as primarily because mm-hmm. Coach Prime has come in and brought that publicity. But, you know, literally, Jackson State beat families 7-6. One point separated Jackson State from going to the championship and not going to the championship. Texas Southern had Jackson State on the rope, A touchdown was called back, but else Jackson State might not have been in the uh, championship game. You know, Alcorn had Jackson State on the road. So there's a very thin margin between Jackson State making it last year and not making it last year to the championship. You look at Pete Richardson, uh, days back in the 90s, you know, I, I used to get angry all the time. I was athletic director. Southern would beat us at Purview 77-0, and they laugh at us. And they said Swag stood for Southern wins another championship, right? <laughs> Look at the Gremlin days when Eddie Robinson dominated. Look at the Billy Nicks days back when Purview dominated. So this is a cyclical. It goes in cycles. That's what the Swag is all about. Right now, Jackson is getting that shine, but there are a lot of schools that are really, really close to Jackson. That Orange Blossom Classic, that Jackson State Fair game, could literally, will literally decide who's going to have an opportunity to compete in the Swag championship. Jackson had to go undefeated last year, Devin, in order to make it to the championship game on the east side. And I would argue that it's going to be difficult. If you lose one game this year in the east or the west, it's going to be difficult for you to make that championship game. So, yeah, Jackson gets a lot of publicity. Eon brings that. But he also brings that publicity to other schools. Florida A and M uh, and Alabama State—they, yeah, sold out FAMU homecoming. And I could go, you know, school to school to school where, without them even playing Jackson State, those numbers were up because of the excitement and the anticipation of what SWAC is all about. So Jackson has infused. They had a good year last year. But it's not going to be a gimme for this year. And that is the reason why Dion said he changed his entire offensive line and he has some home. He realized that the margin is thin, and he had to get better in order to stay on top.
1: Well, you have a couple of young stars in uh, Shadur Sanders and, of course, our guy, Andrew Boddy, the dynamic signal callers that are going to be here for a few more years. How exciting is it to have two marquee players, that have a number of years left to play in the conference.
2: Well, shouts out to uh, Andrew had opportunity to spend some time with him at our media day. I promised him that SWAC was going to follow him on Twitter. So Andrew, I'm going to make that happen on Monday when we get back in the office. But SWAC is a quarterback lead. in my opinion, this is just Charles McClellan's opinion. It always has been, and it always will be. If you get a dynamic quarterback, you're going to be able to win in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And Andrew embodied what a SWAC quarterback is all about. And Texas Southern is going to have opportunity to win a lot of games this year. That is the reason why he was named second team all SWAC. Uh, Shadur obviously got the Walter Payton Award, which is the MVP for offense of all SBS, And it just means that the Southwestern Athletic Conference has great players. And when you get great players, and great teams, it makes everybody else raise their game. We have a lot of young, dynamic players, which means that we're going to have exciting football for many years to come.
1: Well, finally, before we let you get out of here, uh, what do you say to uh, all the folks about supporting each and every HBCU program at each SWAC institution and what it does for the bigger picture for the conference and for the universities? Well,
2: I'll talk more specifically to the Texas Southern fans because I hear Raph talk about this time and time again. And when I was there, <laughs> um, you know, we kind of did the same thing. You have to go out and you have to support uh, Texas Southern versus The deal at BBVA was a deal that allowed Texas Southern to enter into that stadium and everything was paid for up front. So you have a 22,000 seat stadium. Yes, the seats are orange, but I promise you if 22,000 people came in there, you would not be able to see any orange. And if you did it three times, Texas Southern would not have to ask you for anything because they would generate enough revenue to be able to fund their entire athletics program. So going and joining yourself and watching Texas Southern play football is extremely important to the viability and the sustainability of the athletics program. And you cannot say, well, Texas Southern, we didn't win but four or five football games last year, so I'm not going to go. That's not what this is all about. You need to support those student-athletes, and in exchange, you're going to put enough money in the revenue coffers of the athletics program in order for them to do the things that it takes to win and sustain winning. So, embrace your program. Don't take it for granted, because we almost lost it. And you need to be laser-focused, because what Coach McKinney has The opportunity to do this year is going to be special. So go out and get your season tickets, support the program, and ensure that uh, you come out and support so Texas Southern can achieve all that it is supposed to achieve, and that's success. And that's the same thing for the Purdue Panthers as well.
1: Well, uh, Dr. McClellan, we certainly appreciate your time Mm -hmm. as always. You've always been a friend of the show. Are you still listening every Saturday as you you do your morning run? (laughs) I I do listen almost every Saturday. I'm starting to get a little bit more busy Devin. But when
2: I'm not busy, from 10 on
1: Saturdays, I am just Hey, well, we certainly appreciate it, and we look forward to having you down here in Houston. And uh, looking forward to a great swag season. Congratulations uh, to the entire conference. Uh, congratulations to Andrew Roberts on a great media day. And uh, congratulations to you for your appointment as the chair of the, uh, the NCAA uh, basketball committee. So we certainly uh, want to uh, make sure we applaud you for all of those things.
2: Uh, appreciate it. Uh,
1: thank you for having me on my show. And i try to come. I join you guys live in studio when I come down for the Labor Day class. Hey, we look mm-hmm. forward to it. We'll, and we'll talk to you soon. To have your comments heard, call 832 941 6614. Great conversation with Dr. McClellan. Certainly appreciate the time. And I know the quality of the uh, audio was not the same as you're used to hearing each episode, but. Of course, we did the best we could, and I think it was good enough for you to understand and get a clear vision of what's happened in the SWAC and what's going to be happening and sort of the future of the conference. And if you have any comments about that, give us a call, 832-941-6614. In addition to that, on the Sports Talk page, we will also be posting some poll questions about this upcoming SWAC season. So, a lot to get into. We have some great episodes coming up. Also, we have some fun folks Uh, we have someone from LSU the coaching staff of LSU and we have someone from the Miami Dolphins organization those episodes are coming up and we have a lot of great conversations coming up so you definitely want to tune in for that in upcoming episodes but with that before I let go before I let go, want to thank Dr. McClellan again. Want to thank Larry the Chatterbox Hill for making that happen. Want to thank my co host Ralph Cooper who hung out and joined us for that. In addition to that, I want to thank Cobank Homes. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Or a reminder, give us a call, 832-941-6614. And, of course, on Twitter, at Wade's Word, and on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and fan page. And if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from
0: justice. And four, five.
1: <laughs> this has been the Sports Talks with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.